0: Hey there, thanks for joining us here at Compass Church, where we are making God accessible to everyone. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, head over to our website, compassbn.com. We hope this inspires you and gives you practical ways to live out your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, I'm Chris. I'm the pastor at Compass, and I'm so glad you joined me because we are starting off a brand new message series. And to start off, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever noticed that people really like showing off things that their kids have done? Their artwork, their soccer games, dance recitals. It doesn't even matter how good or bad a thing is. For example. So, Objectively, that dance recital was an unmitigated disaster. But somehow, we find the parts of it that pay off and we share them. We get something out of it. I personally loved sharing the stuff that my kids made when they were little. And so I I thought I'd share some stuff that my son Calvin made that I just thought was the best. Now, this first thing, this is a memory dome that he made in fourth grade. It had all sorts of sides with different memories from that year. And my favorite side was this picture that he made of his favorite lunch, soft tacos. I mean, as a dad, I look at this and I see Van Gogh. It must be shared. Now, this is a picture of Tom Brady that Calvin drew for good luck when the Patriots were playing in the Super Bowl in 2015. I loved this one so much that I made color copies of it, cut them out and literally taped them up all over our house. And no joke, okay, we just moved into a new house last December, and that was when I finally took them down. This Minecraft Tom Brady was on the wall of our living room, right next to our TV for nearly six years. And I found a bunch hidden throughout the house and other places too, for years. There's one more that I would love to show you, but I can't because it isn't totally appropriate. Uh, You see, when Calvin was in second grade, his class had to draw a picture of their favorite character. So Calvin drew Super Mario because he loved him. But he didn't just draw a typical kid version. He drew Super Mario anatomically correct. That's right. He drew Super Mario with all of his parts. Now, the good news is that he drew it so small that the teacher missed it. But it wasn't discovered until I was admiring that picture on our refrigerator weeks later, and I was like, oh, what's that? I think social media has changed the game for everyone because now instead of our refrigerator being the place where we showcase our greatness or our kids' greatness, we have access to the virtual refrigerators of the entire world. We can share our children's highlights to thousands of people all day, every day, everywhere in the entire world. But it's not just about our kids. I mean, there's a part of us, if we're being honest, that also wants to be seen, to be acknowledged and celebrated. It's the reason that I post pictures anytime I cook a meal that is, I mean, all it has to be is one step above being edible because the world needs to see my budding chef skills. Human beings have this deep need to be recognized by the people that we value the most. And that could be our friends or our family. Or for some of us, it could be literal strangers on the internet. I mean, there's something incredibly powerful about the praise of people that we value. It makes us want to share things that we are doing that are praiseworthy. Maybe it's a meal you cooked or a TikTok dance you learned. Maybe you lost some weight and you wanted to share that, or or maybe you wrote up a sweet post that makes you look super smart. But whatever it is, the world needs to see what we are doing. And now we have all of these platforms that make it possible for our best performances to be seen by the people whose opinions we value the most. I think this is a human need that has always existed. This desire to be accepted and praised by a certain or specific social group. In first century Palestine, among the religious Jews, it was a very big deal. The culture that Jesus grew up in was an honor culture. Honor in the eyes of other people, it was something to be pursued at all costs. And on the other side, shame in the eyes of other people was the worst thing that could happen to a person, which meant that in literally everything you did, the scales could either tip toward honor or they could tip toward shame based on how you were perceived by others in everything you did. And this became especially true in the most honorable facet of a person's life back then, which was religion. So people became experts at performing religion, including the acts of piety, the good deeds, you know, all the spiritual practices. And having grown up in this culture, Jesus had something to say about it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. And he said this Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. Don't do your good deeds publicly. I mean, that's simple and straightforward, right? We use We use the New Living Translation to teach at Compass. I actually like how the NIV version puts it in Matthew 6.1. It says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. So in Jesus's day, it had become the practice of many people to perform their religion in front of an audience of people so that they could, in Jesus's words, be seen and admired by those people which makes sense because in a culture where honor is the most valued thing that you can have and shame is something to be avoided, you would do things in which honor from other people would be the reward. You'd perform for an audience to give you honor. And over the next several weeks, we're gonna look at some specific examples that Jesus gives of ways that people were practicing their religion so that they could get that reward of honor from others. But today I wanna to wrestle with a question that is at the root of this statement that Jesus makes. And that question is this, why is it bad to do good things publicly? I mean, just off the top of my head, I can think of multiple reasons why it's it would be helpful or even good for other people to see us living out our faith. I mean, it, it shows other people how to do it. It inspires and encourages them to, to do more. I think it shows the world that followers of Jesus care about people who are hurting. In fact, I kind of think Jesus said something to this exact same effect in the chapter right before the one we're in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Jesus said to his followers, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And then he says this, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So, here, Jesus says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. But one chapter later, Jesus says, don't do your good deeds publicly. So, like, which is it? I mean, this seems contradictory, and it seems even more contradictory because these two statements uh, occur in the same book of the Bible, and they are just dozens of verses apart. So anytime you feel like there's a contradiction in the Bible, or if you have a question about what something means, the first thing you should always do is look around the verse where you are reading. Okay, so what came before this verse? What comes after this verse? What's the context it's in? And we can find the answer to this apparent contradiction by seeing what Jesus says next in Matthew 5, 16. He says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. The purpose of practicing our righteousness and doing our good deeds publicly is so people will praise our heavenly father. They'll look to him, they'll know him. The goal is to point to God And in Matthew 5 and 6, it it looks like Jesus is talking about our actions, right? But he isn't. Jesus is actually talking about our motives. When our motives are to point people to God, we can then let our good deeds shine out for all to see. But look at how Jesus frames motives in Matthew 6.1. He says, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. When our motive is for God to get the attention, we are free to do good things, to live out our faith publicly. Not only free to do them, but we're actually commanded to do them publicly for people to see and be drawn to God. But when our motives are to be seen by others or to be admired by others, that's a problem. When we practice our faith for for the purpose of social approval, to be praised or accepted by people, it voids the good that we're trying to accomplish with our good deeds. You see, the desire for social approval, it actually subverts genuine righteousness. And genuine righteousness is all about right relationship with God and with other people. Chasing social approval, it undermines genuine rightness with God and with others because it puts our performance center stage and it moves God's glory and the actual good of others to backstage, and Jesus, he questions and challenges this whole honor culture, the whole honor culture of his day, and maybe he's questioning and challenging the whole social media culture of our day by calling into question what drives it all, and that's the desire for the approval of others over the approval of God. Is the practice of our righteousness motivated by the acceptance of others? Or or is it motivated by a desire for God to be seen and known by others? And Jesus' answer is clear. Followers of Jesus perform for an audience of one. We perform and practice our faith for God. The Apostle Paul, he elaborates on this a lot, actually, and he gives instruction on how followers of Jesus are to approach what we do And why we do it. And he starts in Romans chapter 14. In verse 6, he says, Those who worship the Lord on a special day, they do it to honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Every decision we make as followers of Jesus must come down to a simple desire to honor God. We live to honor God. We die to honor God. Whether we choose to eat certain foods or avoid certain foods, that. We do that to honor God. And let me point something out that's pretty amazing in this statement that Paul makes about food. Paul actually makes space for people to disagree on what's right and how it should be lived out as long as whatever we do is oriented completely around honoring God. I mean, last week we talked about the challenge the early church faced in regards to food that was sacrificed to idols. And Paul was like, whatever, dude, eat it or don't. But whatever you do, just make sure the motives of your heart are good to honor God when you do it. Our motives in honoring God are actually more important than having absolute uniformity in the church. Paul covers this again in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do. Do it all for God's glory, for God's honor, to point to Him. And again, he says it here in Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Look, it it matters to God that we are practicing and performing our faith for Him rather than for an audience of other people. It's important to Him. And here's the thing, it's it's about more than just honoring Him. Like when we live in a way to honor Him instead of gaining honors, honor from others, it affects us directly. I mean, Matthew 6, 1, Jesus continues. He says, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, or you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Now, we don't talk about this a lot, but there is a reward that God has for us when we live our lives for Him. In part, it's an eternal reward in heaven someday. And in part, it's an abundant life, a quality of life, a reward, a quality, quality of life that we experience right now and right here. And Jesus wants you to know that if you practice your faith for the reward of social approval, for the praise of other people, and the recognition of others, that you can have that reward. But that'll be it. That will be your full and total payment. The reward of love, joy, peace, abundance, hope, all the things that come when the Holy Spirit is fully at work in our lives, those things are off the table. See, God gives us the freedom to choose other people over Him. He gives us the freedom to choose likes and follows over His blessings in our lives. And if you choose the honor of others over the honor of God, you can have it. But that's all you'll have. To which I would ask, which is better? The temporary praise of people or the ongoing blessings of God in your life? Blessings that continue to accumulate as you honor Him here and now until they become complete one day in eternity. Which reward do you want? We are called to practice our righteousness for God. And when we do it, there's always a stage and there's always an audience. The question is, who are we performing for and what reward do we seek from it? Over the next several weeks, we're going to see Jesus expound on this by talking about three ways in which we practice our righteousness that can be affected by our desire for social approval. And I think it's going to be transformational for some of us. But before I do it, let me just share just on a personal level. This is very real to me because I am a pastor. I am a professional Christian. It would be very easy for me to look at what I do, at how I teach, at how I seek to serve and lead our church and to say, I need to make decisions based on the approval of the congregation of Compass. I've felt that temptation before, many times. On a deeper level, it would also be very easy for me to say that because I'm paid by the church, that because I, I like getting paid, I like having a paycheck, I like having a job, that it would be very easy for me to seek the approval of people, the approval over our congregation, over the approval of God because of what I might lose. This is a thing that is very real in my life. And I know this, I know that for those of you who really wanna live a life out for Jesus, that it's real for you because people matter to God and therefore people matter to us. But we need to keep the balance. We seek to honor God, not to receive honor from others. We do what's right to point to God. And when we're pointing to Him, when our heart and our motives say, let's do this for the Lord, We are free to do things publicly and and commanded to do them publicly. But when our hearts, when our motives are seeking the approval of other people, when we want to be accepted, when we want to be loved, when we want to be appreciated and recognized by others, it can turn our hearts to things that can take us from Him. And there's a reward, but it's a reward from people. It's a reward that's temporary. God wants something better for you. I want something better for you. So let's lock hands and let's like let's step forward with full and complete motives to seek out what does God want from me? What would God have me do? How would God have me live so that I can honor him in every single part of it. Thanks again for joining us today. If you want to learn more about us as a church, get connected, need prayer, or anything else at all, head over to our website, compassbn.com.